Okay, welcome back to the 100 Report. I'm Chris. I'm Charlie, and today we're talking about the Manchester Originals. But a little further south of Manchester, I just want to check in with you, Chris. How's things up in London? <laughs> it's definitely quiet. There are a lot less people on the streets, but I did go out for one of my first um, state-mandated walks in a really long time, which was lovely because I'm not too far away from uh, Epping Forest here, so I went to have a little walk around. It was lovely, and especially because it's so beautiful outside at the moment. I almost I wish... mean, the weather is just amazing. I feel like the, we're recording this at the beginning of April, and for those of you that don't live in the UK, the beginning of April can go one of two ways. Sometimes it can be snowing, and all the daffodils get killed straight away with the frost coming back. Or other times, I mean, it's literally, what, 23 degrees outside this weekend for Easter weekend, which is fabulous. I'm definitely not complaining. But let's go on with the Manchester originals. So, original created personally by a particular artist, not a copy. Well, uh, yes, there's definitely no way you could copy, um, considering the uh, the amount of youth in this squad. Um, so, yes, it's a very young squad. It's interesting, because I remember when we were first talking about this franchise and Manchester Originals squad was announced, I wasn't particularly excited, and I felt a little bit a little bit sad about that because, I, as you know, I'm a Lancashire fan and Lancashire Lightning are my T20 Blast team. So I wanted to go with the Old Trafford franchise, definitely. Um, but I remember looking at it going, eh. But having said that, the further I've researched this, the more excited I've got about them. Well, I'm glad you said that because I have to admit, I also felt similar to you when I first saw the squad. Not sort of that bothered either way so I'm really hoping you change my mind too so let me know what you've got okay I will well first and foremost is Simon Katic is the head coach now I don't really know too much about Simon Katic as a coach I remember him as a player uh, for Australia and a very good player at that but it definitely seems he's gone for not just the local players but he's really gone for the younger players so it's definitely a squad with a lot of youth in it i'd say apart from a couple of players one particular player who you will know who's uh, now in his 40s um most of these players are under the age of 26 and i think that's a very encouraging sign and very representative of the style of cricket we might get to see so let's go with the first player the test player it's Joss Butler most people know Joss Butler. Everybody does. He's well-renowned in the IPL in all sorts of franchise cricket. He is England's wicketkeeper and England's vice-captain. He's a fantastic player. He's probably the first England player that was kind of a, a model of A.B. de Villiers, as in a 360 cricketer. He plays these ramp shots, scoop shots, all kinds of crazy things. He's a fantastic batter. And that's a real compliment coming from for you, because I know how much you rate A.B. de Villiers. Oh, I love A.B. de Villiers. And it's because he revolutionised it in the same way that Adam Gilchrist did. And then A.B. de Villiers came and did something different. Again, Joss Butler's done something different. But he, he kind of goes without saying. So I'll skip over Joss Butler, because everybody knows him. We'll go to the first of the international players. That's Imran Tahir. Um, the definitely the elder statesman at the ripe old age of 41 years old now. He is a very, very interesting character because he started the first part of his career kind of as a journeyman cricketer. So Pakistan born, played for South Africa, as you know, for the better part of eight years, is still part of their T20 setup. But as you were saying when we were off air, he had a wonderful World Cup, which was kind of his swan song of ODIs. And we all got far too used to his celebrations from last year's World Cup. 
he had us quite a few times uh, for the England team. So we saw him running around. I don't know how he has so much energy for 41, running around celebrating like he does. It's crazy. He's 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 a little firecracker. That's what he is. He's a, he's a little firecracker. But um, yeah, he keeps breaking records. So he was the fastest South African to 100 ODI wickets, which is really no mean feat. He currently has the most T20 wickets for South Africa. And at age 41, I think he's got a record of the 100. I think he's the oldest player in the 100. But don't let that deceive you. He is a fantastic player and a fantastic athlete. Next up, we have Dan Christian. Dan Christian is an Australian all-rounder. I'd say he's more of a batting all-rounder, but he bowls very, very useful medium pace. And I would class him as a genuine all-rounder as in he could get in the team for his batting or his bowling um big hitter hasn't played for australia since 2017 he's really spent the rest of that time kind of a bit like chris lynn just going around the franchise teams around the world and uh, making his name that way but i mean his stats speak for himself he's got two t20 hundreds and he's got six fourfers uh, and also two fivefers that's incredible. Literally, bat or ball, he's got the top the top that anyone wants in a T20 stat. Yeah, a fantastic player and a really good steal as well because they got him for a pretty good price tag, I would say. Well, this is the thing. I was quite interested with the tactics of Simon Katic because a lot of the other teams sort of you go through in the drafts your highest paid brackets first and a lot of them went for the international players in the highest uh, bracket and they did do that with their first pick they went for Imran Tahir with 125k but then they went with Dan Christian at 60k and we're going to get on to the next international star in a minute who I think is a steal at 50k but they left quite a lot of the domestic players and I think it sort of turned a few heads some of the price tags they put on the domestic players which I think for the 100 is actually a fantastic thing to do and we were just talking about the originals, what that means, and developing younger players. And that's exactly what Simon Katic has done, which I think is pretty cool. Yes, and I think it, it it definitely telegraphs what they're trying to do with this squad. But anyway, the other international player that you said, again, went for an absolute steal, and I couldn't agree more with you, was Mitchell Santner. Now, I really enjoy watching Mitchell Santner play because he's kind of like New Zealand's new Daniel Vittori, um, because he's a left-arm spinner. He's a very, very decent lower-order batsman. Um, as you know, he took England apart and got his first Test 100 against us just recently. But he also wears glasses as well, so it's a very uh, Daniel Vittori-esque thing to look at when, uh, when he's cute. playing. Yes. <laughs> But I think that they got an absolute steal with Mitchell Santner. He's also, uh, whilst he's a left-arm spinner, he's been bowling a carom ball recently, which now puts him in the bracket of a mystery spinner, which I think makes him even more useful. Next up, we're going to go to the local icon players now. And the first up uh, is Matt Parkinson, uh, a Lancashire lad, very uh, young leg spinner. Uh, just played against South Africa in the ODIs. Um, now, his average in T20s is astonishing. It's 15. That's, That's really insane. Good. And I think we remember as well from our winter just gone when Matt Parkinson was called up to the England team for the T20 squad. And he had a fantastic tour of uh, New Zealand. I think he got four for 47 in November, I think it was. And people were pretty pleased with that. He did really, really well. Definitely. And he's only played twice for England in T20s and already has a forfer. So I think that says a lot about his promise and his potential, which again is a, is a running theme in the young players of this squad. So moving on to another young player in the squad who's also an England prospect is Saqib Mahmood. Now, as a Lancashire fan, I've been very excited at the prospect of Saqib Mahmood because 
he's a bowler that is definitely going to have genuine pace. He's already, I guess, a fast medium, you would call him. He bowls 86, 87 miles an hour. Hard ball, bowls lots of bounces, and is really up for the fight. Now, um, I don't want to go into his England averages so far because it's still very early in his career and I don't think they're representative of him as a bowler. But in T20 and uh, List A, he's got a bowling average of 21 in T20s and 25 in List A. So I think that is really good, especially for a fast bowler where all you've got to do is nick it really hard and it could go for six. So I think that says a lot about Saki. Mimi. His best is also four for 14. He's got a four for in T20. So four for 14, it's like the 14 that really gets me. Yeah, it's it, it, that, that's a demolition figure right there. So anyway, the other one uh, that we're going to move to is Dane Villas. Now, I know Dane Villas again because I'm a, Lanc- a Lancashire fan. Uh, as the captain of Lancashire. And as we were saying, that some franchises haven't announced their captains yet, but I really think Dane Villas is a shout for the captain of the squad. Uh, See, I wonder, Chris, sorry to interrupt you, whether they haven't announced their captaincy yet, because they're still waiting for this wild card draw, which I think was planned for July. And I know that they were thinking about the wild cards being off the bat of who did well for the T20 Vitality Blast, which... I don't know who's going to go ahead right now with this coronavirus, but it'd be interesting, interesting to see whether they had their eye on someone that they thought would actually be good for the captain. That's why they haven't announced it yet. Yeah, I think that that is probably a subject we could do an entire podcast on. And as you know, we're coming towards the end of the squad breakdown. So if you guys are listening and there's anything that you want us to discuss or talk about in the upcoming, uh, well, the wake of the coronavirus and what is going forward with the 100, then please do let us know. So anyway, back to Dane Villas. I think he's going to be keeping wicket, and for me, I think that's how it should be because, as we know, Josh Butler is more than likely going to go to the tests against Pakistan. So I don't think you should burden him with the gloves, personally. I think Dane Villas should keep wicket. Um, But he has played for South Africa. In fact, one of the more ignominious times he played, he got called up as a very, very last-minute substitute for Quinton de Kock, who got injured. So last minute, in fact, they flew him from Cape Town and he landed 45 minutes after the match started. Shame. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he's uh, a very, very useful player. And for me, a good shout for captain. Let's move on to another player, Phil Salt. I first came across Phil Salt recently, as recently as the last big bash, because he's a young player. He's only 23 um, but a big hitting opening batsman. He kind of reminds me of what Luke Wright used to be when he was a lot younger. A big, bullish, hard hitting opening batsman. Uh, he can bowl some medium pace bowling as well, so that's a useful thing to have as well. And can keep wicket if need be, because he's one, <laughs> he's one of four wicket keepers that Manchester Originals have. But he's got a lot of franchise experience, just played in the last Pakistan Super League and the Caribbean Premier League. And he's got a decent strike rate as well, 156. I mean, that's that's, that's better <laughs> than Josh Butler. About, we're talking earlier about averages versus strike rate. With 100 balls, are you really that bothered about someone's average? I mean, he averages 26, which I think for an opening batsman with a strike rate of 156 just shows that he's just really keen for it and he will put his neck on the line and he'll just go all out, which is what you want. Definitely. A very exciting prospect and again played in big franchises and really stepped up to the plate so I think he, he, he walks into my 11 I'm going to give that one away straight away next up we have Tom Abel now I admit I don't actually or I didn't actually know too much about Tom Abel I remembered him from the T20 blast last year and him getting 100 um, it was in a losing cause but it was against Middlesex who have a very strong bowling lineup 
but he scored 100 in a T20. And I think that, you know, that's quite a rare feat. So it's definitely something to keep an eye on. The last T20 blast, he scored over 350 runs in 10 innings. That's really, really good. And I think that's that pretty that special. And again, at 26, he's still young. He's still one of the younger players. Now, he usually bats at number four for Somerset in the T20s. But for me, um, I, I think we'll probably see him bat a little bit higher uh, just to utilize the style of player he is. But again, very exciting that they've got him and another young, exciting prospect. Now, conversely, we have uh, one of the more elder statesmen. We have Wayne Madsen, who, if you know your county cricket, he's been around forever. He has been playing for Derbyshire for a while. He even captained them for a few years. A genuine all-rounder. I'd say he's a batting all-rounder because his batting average is 30 and his bowling average is 31. So again, very respectable bowling average, but not quite what I would put in the realms of genuine all-rounder, if that makes sense. And again, not to denigrate his his ability, which is very clear. Um, but I think he's going to be a really good force to kind of rally the younger players that voice of experience I don't quite think he's going to make the captain but uh, he has played a lot of franchise cricket before and again has been around the England county scene for a long time but yes that's Wayne Madsen Uh, moving on to another Wayne we have Wayne Parnell now I grew up really enjoying watching Wayne Parnell bowl because when I was younger I was a left-arm seamer and that's what Wayne Parnell is. He's a left-arm seamer and also a genuine number eight batsman. So very, very strong. Uh, Good to have a lefty in there as well. I'm not sure there's that many left-handed in the in the Manchester Originals. Definitely. That was one of the things that I came across is that the, he's, he's, he's the only one that is a left-arm bowler across the whole squad. So I, I think that makes him unique enough to get into the squad. But I think he gets in on merit. Um, he's very experienced across the franchise. He's been at the IPL and has been at a bunch of other franchise competitions across the world. Um, but uh, now he spends most of his time in the UK playing his cricket, and he became a Colpack in 2018, and has been playing for Worcestershire for the remainder of that time since then. And a great economy rate as well, seven in a T20. I mean, it says a lot. I, I think we're going to see a lot of Wayne Parnell, and I think he's a great balancing act for the squad. <laughs> Next up, we have Joe Clark. We've come to our fourth of the four wicketkeepers that we have in the squad. Um, because conversely, as the London Spirit seem to struggle to get one wicketkeeper, um, Manchester Originals have got four to choose from. But, they can uh, almost play one for each of the round games. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, I do think Joe Clark is in the squad as the reserve wicketkeeper. He's a young player, very excited, 23 years old. His average is 26, so that's nothing to sniff at. That's a good average. It uh, hasn't really had any franchise experience, and I think for that reason alone, he won't be automatically into the first squad. But I think with this kind of competition, they're going to rotate the squad a lot. So I do think we'll see him. But for me, I think he's there as a reserve wicketkeeper for probably Dane Villas or Joss Butler, depending which way they go. Now, uh, next up, Marchand de Lange, another South African, uh, tall right-hand fast bowler. Now, he has played in the IPL. And he was picked up in 2012 out of relative obscurity. He wasn't really a mainstay for South Africa back then. And it was a bit of a surprise when he was bought at the draw. But has played all over the world. Lots of franchise experience. Um, His last match for South Africa was against England in 2016. But since then, he's, again, like a lot of players who we've found that are ex-South Africa or Colpac are doing a lot of 
franchise stuff around the world and i think that that's a very sensible thing to do i do think that saki mahmood might possibly pip marchand de but when we get to it you'll see uh, how i've tried to balance the squad and this is one potential pitfall that manchester originals have is they don't have too much in the way of express pace bowling but marchand de certainly provides that next up we have ed pollock who is a left-hand batter which again as we say not too many lefties so it could be useful and is also an off-break bowler. Now, he's a young all-rounder, uh, but he generally seems to come in as a batsman only. So I think we could see him uh, because of the makeup of the squad, because there's a lot of all-rounders in here. But again, he doesn't really have any franchise experience, so this could be the opportunity for him to launch his name, so to speak. For me, I think he might not necessarily play in the opening eleven, but we'll get there. And again, another young player, only 24. And last but not least, we have Eddie Byram. Eddie Byram is an interesting player. He is a Zimbabwean cricketer, uh, but he plays in England under the uh, EU free trade agreement because he's got an Irish passport. Um, plays for Somerset, and he does bowl a bit of off-break. His batting average is 23, so a little bit lower than everybody else's. Um, has only, uh, recently, in the last couple of years, has broken into Somerset's top order. And again, another left-hand batsman, so that does give him a slight boon above all of the right-handers. But that is the entire squad. Well, thanks for that, Chris. You definitely have got me more excited about the Manchester Originals, delving a little deeper into each of the players, so thank you. A couple of things there. I think it's quite a good-looking team at the moment, but I do worry a couple of of issues. One, they don't have that much pace going on, and the second thing is I wonder how far down the batting lineup you can bat with decent batsmen. So I'm really curious to hear your batting lineup for the first game. You have all 15 players. Yes, definitely. Um, it's interesting. I thought I'd bring it in at this particular point that I actually got a really interesting question from somebody on Twitter. It was at Measure T who said it'd be very interesting to compare this squad to the Lancashire Lightning squad. Because as we see, there's quite a lot of Lancashire players in here, how they hold up against each other. Now, whereas we have some big names like Dan Christian, Mitchell Santner, Imran Tahir, you've also got most of the same players from Lancashire. You've got some of their gun players like Joss Butler, Matt Parkinson, Saki Mahmood, Dane Villas. Um, it would actually be quite difficult to play them against one another because they're, uh, in some respects, are very similar squads. Um, anyway, yes, back to your question, the squad. So again, this is for the first match. So we're assuming everybody's available, everybody's fit. Um, the number one position I gave to Phil Salt. I think he's earned it based on his recent form in the Big Bash and the the style of batting that he has. I think. Good shout. Definitely agree with you with that one. Definitely. And um, yeah, it says a lot. Um, I'm really excited by him. There's something about Sussex. They seem to produce these real like gun players who go hell for leather. People like Chris Jordan, Joffre Archer, Luke It's all about the pace. Maybe it's the sea air down there. (laughs) Very, very possibly, yes. (laughs) Something in the water. Yeah. Um, Number two, I went for Joss Butler. Now, I wasn't entirely sold on putting him as an opener, but the only reason I did is because he has started moving up into that position in T20s for England. And as this is a domestic competition, I figure this is probably the best place for him, especially in terms of the way he can demolish a bowling attack on any given day i think that's a good call i think he definitely wants to cement his second place in a t20 format so i reckon i know this is not t20 that's 100 but i think that he's definitely going to be wanting to to show his worth as an opening batsman for sure uh number three tom abel i decided to go for tom abel because 
of his recent form, I mean, you walk into a team for me if you score 350 runs in a T20 franchise competition. Good point. So, uh, yeah, he's my number three. Number four, perhaps a little bit earlier than a lot of people might have him, but I put Dan Christian at number four. Um, oh, okay, yeah. interesting. I was potentially thinking of Dane Villas, but um, okay, I like that's his okay. There. Yeah, um, uh, Dane Villas is coming. In fact, he's the next one. I put Dane Villas okay. at five. Uh, I think number five is a good place for Dane Villas because um, he's going to have to keep wicket. So I don't want to overload him, so to speak. But also, I think he provides a bit of a steadying uh, ballast, if you will, uh, at number five, just in case anything's going to part and they end up 60 for four. He can come in and steady the ship at number five. Um, or 60 for three, actually. Um, yeah, number six, I have got Wayne Madsen. Uh, batting all-rounder, bit of experience. I think he's going to really be a good, strong presence in the middle order. Uh, number seven, I have decided to go for Mitchell Santner. Now, I actually think he deserves a spot at number seven. I think he's a, a very good batsman as well as a good bowler. Again, it's amazing and startling how many similarities he has to Daniel Vittori, in my mind. But I've put Mitchell Santner at number seven and followed mm-hmm. immediately afterwards by Wayne Parnell. So Wayne Parnell has always been a number eight for me. He batted eight for South Africa, can clear the ropes and really can. He's a left-hand bat, so it's a good mix-up down there. Um, and I also think he's going to open the bowling. He's going to be one of the two openers. Number nine, I went for Imran Tahir. I think that's where he's going to be there. Um, not much more to say about that, but that's where he's playing. Number 10, I went for Saqib Mahmood. Again, the genuine pace there. Uh, I think he's going to be opening with Wayne Parnell, opening the bowling. And last but not least, we have Matt Parkinson at 11. So that's my opening squad. That means that Joe Clark, Marshawn DeLanger, Ed Pollock and Eddie Byron miss out on the first 11. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing a spin attack Matt Parkinson with Imran Tahir side by side. It would be very interesting to see how those two attack together. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, definitely. I think we might see some juggling. I think Marshant Delanga will definitely come in, probably in place of a spinner. Unfortunately, it might be Matt Parkinson. Uh, just to balance the squad, because as you said, there's a lot of spin there. You've got Mitchell Santner, Imran Tahir, Matt Parkinson, um, and not too much in the way of pace. So I think it'll probably depend on the grounds. But for me, and then that's, that's the we're gonna We're going to definitely lose Joss, I would have thought. For England duties. So, what happens when Joss goes? You've lost your opening batsman. Um, yes. Yeah, so, I think that there might be a bit of juggling involved. I think perhaps they might move somebody like Dane Villas to the top of the order, and then fit Marshawn Delanger in uh, as another bowler to strengthen the bowling or give it a bit of variety. That's what I reckon. But again, I I'm really excited by this team after having given it a good look. It's a team full of youthful promise. That's a very eloquent and poetic way of putting it, Chris. Thank you for that. Well, thank you. Super interesting. Thanks for thanks for your roundup on the Manchester Originals. Yeah, thanks a lot. And uh, as we are finishing up, it's just a gentle reminder that if you're not following us yet on any of our socials, then please do follow us on Twitter at 100Report or Instagram at The100Report. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube and the podcast is on iTunes.